Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everybody? It's good to be back with you on this snowy Saturday. The regular season ends tonight for men and women's basketball with games against Portland and Pacific, respectively. I ask you on Twitter what you hope to see from these final regular season games and which team has been the most entertaining to watch this year. We often talk about the classic sports, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, but did you know Utah has a professional ultimate Frisbee team? Salt Lake Shreds head coach Bryce Merrill joins me later in the show to talk about how ultimate became popular enough to go pro. But first, to help me out today, let's welcome on the wonderful David Phillips Jr. How are we today, Jr.? Doing good. Doing good. Excited. You know, it's always, it's, you know, it's a good time of year. You're getting into March. You're almost there. But it does mean that regular season basketball is just about over. I know. It's coming to an end. But that means March Madness is about to come to a start. Yes, it <laughs> Which does. makes it all worth it because that is so much fun. But before we get into that, a lot has happened, Junior, since the last time you and I were on. Uh, it was last month, the Winter Games in Beijing, the Super Bowl, the NBA All-Star Game, and all that comes with that. Never a dull moment. No. Uh, of all the many sports happenings that in this past month, which one was most enjoyable for you? You know, it wasn't high scoring, but I really enjoyed the Super Bowl. I thought it was a fun game. Okay. It was close. It came down to it. I never was able to really get into the Olympics this year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something about like the time change or what, or just the winner mm-hmm. isn't as, you know, I don't know, not into it as much. Maybe it's because the U.S. Right. isn't as great. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed the football. Always, always love good, always love good football. Well, Spencer and I had the conversation of why the Olympics aren't quite as popular as they once were. And that, I don't know, we could have that discussion. It has, has a lot to do probably with the different types of entertainment that we have at our fingertips now. But Honestly, I'm like the exact opposite of you. I, the Super Bowl was awesome. It was really great. The actual game was okay. Uh, the halftime show was fantastic. Yes, but it was. The Olympics brought me more hours of entertainment and a plethora of different events. And I and I'm with you. It definitely wasn't into it as some of the summer games and previous years. But I don't know. There's something about the Olympics that there are certain events that can bring me to tears and then you get to turn on and watch curling and then you get to watch, you know what I'm saying? I I don't know. There's so many different things that you get to watch and you can, doesn't matter what time of day or night you can turn it on and you can watch something. So as far as hours of entertainment, I'm going to have to say the Olympics has brought that to me more, but, uh, but the Super Bowl was, yeah, the, the halftime show, just a lot of great memories coming back. It was fun. Oh my goodness, right? It makes me feel old at the same time. <laughs> yes, All right, well, there's definitely been plenty of entertainment from the men and women's basketball teams this year, and the regular season comes to an end tonight. So, Junior, what do you hope to see from both basketball, men and women's basketball, tonight, with the men's team having their senior night, of course? Well, um, I, I'm excited about the women finishing up, finishing up strong, maybe throw another 100 out there. They had three games where they scored over 100, <laughs> one that they scored 99, so almost four. So let's get that let's get that fourth, you know, later today. But uh, I'm actually I'm taking my kids. It's a very rare instance where I'm going as a fan and putting my fan hat on, wow. and and so we're we're going. I'm excited to see Alex Barcelo. I mean, I get I'm I'm going to go to the West Coast Conference tournament, so I'll be able to see him in person there. But just the last time you'll get to see him at the Marriott Center tonight, and so I'm mm-hmm. so excited about that. 
He's so much fun to watch. We talk about on Thursday, oh, he didn't score as many points, but he had a season high in assists. He's making hmm. things happen. He just, he's so fun to watch. And, you know, it'll be the last time you'll be able to see Tijon Lucas play at the Marriott Center and stuff. So it's fun. And and we all hope that Caleb, Caleb Lohner's kind of, it's clicked and found in. So I'm, I'm excited to watch BYU finish strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, if Caleb Lohner can stay consistent, that'd be awesome. And I'm with you. I want to say a great send-off for Alex Barcelo with everything he's done for BYU, returning for another year. And can you imagine this year without him? Honestly, I, oh. I truly believe he's one of the greatest guards to come through the program. And oh. he's carried this team on his shoulders for a lot of games this season. He brings not only talent, but but like passion and drive and toughness. And he's a team guy and he's a humble guy. And the other seniors have been awesome as well. Tijon Lucas, you mentioned, um, was was a great get for the team this year. And I want them to have a great game, feel loved by the fans, appreciated, and, and gain some momentum heading into the tournament. And as far as the women's team goes, I want them to dominate <laughs> as they have been dominating and finish this regular season off with fireworks. We've, uh, I don't know, we've seen something unprecedented, I feel like, from these women. And I so badly want that to continue tonight and through the WCC and NCAA tournament. I, I want it so bad for this women team because they have just been absolutely incredible. And they've worked so hard and, and stuff. And you, you think of the seniors and everyone who came back, all their production that came back and, and stuff like that. So you just, you can't spend time with them and not just love them. And especially Juddy as well. Um, the entire coaching staff and stuff. Yeah, I want the best one. Just keep winning and keep dominating. I mean, they've been so disrespected in the polls and stuff. They have two losses, both on the road to quad one losses, you know, one of them to a ranked team, another one to a very, very good Portland team. They're uh, they're just so underrated, I think, nationally. And it's I'm so excited to watch them kind of show the nation what they've got. And I think they're going to make a very deep run in the tournament. And they only got to play that Portland team one time. Is that right? I think because of COVID and, and different things shifting. Didn't they only play Portland I, one I time? I believe they season? only played Portland one time. And lost to them. I want that matchup so bad, Junior, in the WCC tournament. I want to see that. And I want to <laughs> see BYU destroy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, so Yeah, it would great. be so cool. Uh, both teams have seriously had some great games this year. Um, the men's first game against San Francisco about gave me a heart attack. <laughs> but it was a blast to watch. And yes. on the women's side, I got to say, watching them stomp Gonzaga twice, but really bad the second time in front of over 6,000 fans in the Marriott Center was glorious for the women's team. And for you, which team has been more entertaining to watch this season? I, I would say from pure entertainment, I would probably have to go with the women's. The men's have been great. I mean, they're every it, it seems like every game's down to the wire and it's a close game and it's, you know... But the women, the women have put on a show every time. Whether I mean, they were down at Gonzaga and just came roaring back with a nineteen to three third quarter. But you always knew you would get the best out of them, and that they would play and that they would come put on a show. You, they, they were so consistent, and I think that that's what's made them so much fun to watch. Is they were consistently good, and you knew when you went to a game, you were pretty much going to watch a win. If you when you on the men's team, they were great; they're fun to watch. But it was a heart attack waiting to happen. Everything was close <laughs> for the most part. So, uh, but yeah, no, I I would have to yeah. give the edge to the women this year. I, I think Juddy 
does it. But I feel like for years, his teams, even if they get behind, they don't get discouraged. I don't know. I don't know what he says to those women to get them to, to come back time and time again. But I feel like even more this season, they just keep their composure. I have some, a lot about confidence. They know how good they are and what they're capable of. So even if they're behind, they just come back and do it. And that's what makes them fun to watch is even if they're behind and as a fan watching, you're like, Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Here, here they come. They're going to come. They're going to come. Absolutely fall apart. You know, like some teams have a tendency to do so. So I'm with you. I think I got to give the edge um, to the women's basketball team. But as far as players, I'm going to give it to Alex Barcelo as the oh. most entertaining player yeah. to watch this season. Would you agree? Yeah, I, w- I would have to do that. I, yeah, I think Alex, I, you know, Paisley's Paisley's great because you could punch mm-hmm. her in the face and cut her open <laughs> and you know she's going to come back <laughs> and give it to you. But Bar- Barcelo, just his emotion and, and how – I don't know. It, it those two are tight for me, um, and right. stuff. Uh, Paisley's by far the better dancer and more entertaining, like that in a blowout, <laughs> um, which they they've had plenty of those and plenty of opportunity for her to dance. I don't know that Alex Barcel is that good of a dancer, but uh, <laughs> you know he's both of them are always going to leave their heart on the floor. But yeah, Barcelo is just something absolutely special and fun yeah, to watch. I agree. Yes, and Paisley Harding as well, and as well as. Shaylee Gonzalez, just so much fun oh, yeah. to be a BYU basketball fan for men and women's this year. And Junior, um, you mentioned the Super Bowl, but football is gone, but never really gone. Oh, There's never. always something to talk about when it comes to football. Spring ball's on the horizon, then you have pro day, you have the draft. And this week was walk-on tryouts, and 81 guys showed up. That's always so crazy to, me oh, to try yeah. and make the football tape. It's amazing, and I love it. And I just feel like... We have to give a shout out to those guys who had to come and try and prove themselves in the freezing cold snow um, and while trying to get a chance at their dream. And I hope there's a cool underdog story that comes out of this year's trials because or a lot of times, actually, some notable walk-ons who are now standouts in the NFL are J.J. Watt, Clay Matthews, Baker Mayfield, and more, most important, in our opinion anyway, Tyler Algier, not yet in the NFL, but we have Dennis Pitta, Ziggy Ansah, when you think of of all the walk-ons that you heard about, Dax what is Milne. your favorite walk-on story? Dax Milne, that's right. Oh my gosh, how could I forget Dax Milne? Um, See, that's why, and, and he was a preferred walk-on, and there's a yeah. difference, obviously, between yeah. preferred walk-ons and these guys, these 80 showing up and uh, you know shooting for their hopes and dreams. But but I, I think it's just so cool. So, what's your favorite walk-on story? Oh, I, I would probably have to go with Ziggy. Uh, because yeah. just the fact that he had very little experience with football ends up well documented with the, you know, didn't know how to put shoulder pads on, wasn't exactly, and how fast he grew into it and, and became a first round pick. Um, that's amazing. Like JJ Watt's story is great, but the thing is, is he actually had a scholarship to central Michigan. He just really, really wanted to play at Wisconsin. So he walked on there. <laughs> so you know, I mean, so obviously J.J. Watt's amazing, probably going to be a Hall of Famer and stuff, and and Clay Matthews, obviously, as well. But there's just something about Ziggy of going from very little basket or very little football experience and then turning it into being a first-round pick That's and, and really a force in the NFL that I think is just so awesome. 
And it's really a shame that his NFL career hasn't quite turned out how everyone wanted it to. I don't know if anyone really expected it to, but you just really wanted him to have this, this storybook career because of how cool his collegiate career was, right? Like yeah. walking on, you know, and, and having to help people tie his cleats and put on his pads to being one of the top picks in the NFL draft. So it's just such a cool story we out of if he would have had an incredible NFL career. But unfortunately, he, you know, there's a lot of injury and, and that happens a ton with football. It's hard. It's hard to stay healthy and be relevant. relevant. So even as one of the best players in the country, so I, I love the story of any walk-on. And uh, so shout out to those 81 guys. I hope you, uh, I and, hope you make it, my friend. And here's here's to being the next Ziggy Ansa. Oh my gosh, or Dax Millen, or Dennis Pitt, and, and a lot of these guys that we've talked about, like you said, could have gone elsewhere, but they just had a dream school, and so and then there was no open scholarship, so they walked on there. But but so cool. So moving on to this, uh, Junior. There's one sport we hear much about, and it's ultimate frisbee. And I'm not gonna lie to you. When I was younger, I used to think. It was for the people who couldn't play actual sports. <laughs> it was like ultimate Fair. frisbee. That's terrible. And I knew a lot of people who loved to play it, but I just could never get into it. But now there's a team here in Utah, and that's pretty cool for ultimate frisbee lovers. Uh, their season starts in the summer in junior. So would you attend a professional ultimate frisbee game? I was going to say when you have nothing else to do, but I'm not going to throw that in. Would you attend an ultimate frisbee game uh it might be kind of fun to try out. I, I would imagine yeah. that there would be a lot of fan access and stuff so it might be something interesting hey, to try a lot of times hey, those, that's actually not a bad point yeah you know and that's that's kind of what makes it fun that's what like when arena league came it was like the access to the fans and what they tried to get fans involved and stuff like that to help grow it so a, a, a lot of leagues will do that so yeah it might be kind of fun it's probably going to be something really cool to take your kids to and that's not going to be super intense, but I I had no idea there were that many ultimate frisbee fans in Utah where they could make this professional team. So super cool. And up next, the head coach of Utah's professional ultimate frisbee team, the Salt Lake Shred, and BYU alum joins me to discuss the rise in the sport and what sets it apart. Bryce Merrill up next on Cougar Tailgate. Ultimate Frisbee has been gaining popularity in recent years, so much so that Utah has its first professional team called the Salt Lake Shred. And joining me now is BYU's men's team and Salt Lake Shred head coach, Bryce Merrill. Thanks for coming on with me, Bryce. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Excited to talk all things Ultimate Frisbee today. <laughs> Absolutely. And it really is such a fun sport. And for you specifically, how did you get started playing Ultimate Frisbee? You know, BYU has one of the best intramural programs uh, in the country. And so like many young freshmen wandering through a quad on campus, uh, I, I found a group of guys that wanted to put in an intramural team. And I had played, you know, in high school, I'd thrown a Frisbee like in a park, you know, but I hadn't really mm -hmm. known the sport as, as, as well as I do now. And we went and we were, you know, we were some, you know, 
we, we were crushing it in the middle or lower division. I can't remember. And, and they moved us up <laughs> and there was this group of like these grad students. And we're like, we are going to absolutely run these guys off the field. We're going to crush them. And they won 13 to one. And I was like, wait a minute. They were, they were throwing like two, multiple ways and they had organization and stacks and, I was like, I've got to learn more about this. And so I, I met a couple of the guys on the team and sort of fell into it while I was at BYU and just fell in love with it. And then um, later moved back to Utah and, and had the opportunity to coach starting with the women's team back in 2010 and moving over to the men's team in 2012. And it's been a, a decade of coaching since then. I, I don't think I set out to have that be such a major part of my life after uh, playing intramurals, but I've, I've fallen in love with the sport and the community, both in Provo and across the country. And it's just been such a joy to be a part of it. That is so cool. It all started with intramurals. If I could have a career in flag football, I totally would, but I don't think it's going to go that way because I did love flag football. No. So you were at BYU from 2004 to 2007. So what, what drew you to ultimate Frisbee versus other sports? Cause I mean, you hear of the classic sports, basketball, football, baseball, but what drew you to ultimate Frisbee? I wish I could, you know, put a pin on one thing uh, that, that pulled me over, but I mean, so much, so many of elements of the sport are what are like the most exciting parts of other sports. You know, you have a high frequency of scoring. Uh, which I think everyone likes to see. There's something about a disc, you know, it floats in the air. And so when you put up a 70 or 80 yard throw, it's in the air for four, five, six seconds. And so you get this buildup, you know, not too different from when, you know, someone puts up a deep three and like the whole stadium just gets to gasp until, you know, is it going to go in or not? You get that in ultimate. So there's a ton of excitement. It has a lot of like the movement of basketball or soccer. And so it's, it's fast paced. Um, and so, I mean, it's just a really exciting sport to play. It's an exciting sport to watch. Uh, there are, of course, there's like specialty and positions and skill sets, but it's a, it's a cool sport because you have to be a receiver until you catch it. And then you have to be a quarterback until you get rid of it. You have to have the, the vision of like a midfielder in soccer. So it's one of those things that, you know, building the team at BYU over the last decade, we pull players, kids in from soccer, from basketball, from football, from even, you know, just cardio sports. We can get them uh, onto a collegiate level team uh, from a number of different backgrounds. And then obviously more recently with the high school and local scenes developing, we're pulling in kids that have significant high school and uh, playing experience as they try to qualify for like a BYU team. So it, it's just neat. It's neat that you can have played a lot of sports in high school and then still have a path to compete collegiately in a sport especially at a school as big as BYU um, and, and get that experience of traveling around the country and playing other colleges and, and having that athlete experience. So you've been coaching at BYU for a number of years uh, on the men and women's side. And you kind of mentioned that for the youth programs, they're, they're developing a little bit more and, and more popularity. So in BYU's team specifically has been one of the top teams for years so does that tie into why BYU has been dominant in ultimate Frisbee or, or from your opinion, why have they been so dominant? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's again, no one thing, but there has been a, a big uh, emphasis on developing the youth scene here. There are now thousands of kids that play, you know, recreationally and for their high school teams. Utah has some of the top teams in the nation, you know, from Lone Peak in Alpine, Green Canyon, uh, West High School in downtown Salt Lake. Uh, like these are programs that are coached by, you know, great players on both the boys and girls side, and they're producing athletes, you know, for the world games team this year, 
they select 100 uh, youth, U20 youth to participate. 10 of those tryout attendees are from Utah. That's like a record number. And so we're not the only youth hotspot in the country. You know, we're competing with Raleigh and Seattle and the Bay Area and some of these other traditional ultimate Frisbee hotbeds. But Utah has definitely been making a name for itself. And so we look at this year's men's team, uh, particularly 27 of the 29 athletes on the, the traveling team played legitimate high school ultimate they had a coach they so they show up to tryouts having already experienced a lot of that and played the sport for three four five years and so they're coming in at a higher level than anything i've seen in my 10 years every year it's been a little bit better and a little bit higher quality and 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 that i would also say we're also attracting more you know athletes you know if my intramural experience probably doesn't work anymore in in 2022 the people trying out for the team they are athletes. They they lift, they work out, they train like athletes, um, and they happen to do an ultimate frisbee. So I got lucky that my story happened in 2004 because 2022 would be less kind uh, to my hopes and dreams of being able to play frisbee. <laughs> How incredible! I love the idea of adding more and more sports for the youth to play, and you know, on, on the different levels because I just feel like there are so many different types of personalities and strengths, and just adding more options for these kids is, is so awesome. And we talked about that the Salt Lake shred is in its inaugural year and you were named the head coach. How did that all come about for you? It's been such a really, it's an exciting opportunity. So, and at one point of clarification, this is the first, um, or this is the men's pro team. So the Utah wild is a women's pro team and they're in their second year. And so we're joining the men's pro circuit. And so it's cool because they've done a lot of like that head, uh, headway work for us in, in establishing a pro scene. And, and again, the trajectories of the two teams in terms of, you know, building them and, uh, creating opportunities for these athletes, college athletes from, from BYU, from the U, from USU and, and around. Um, they, there's like two parallel tracks and the teams really support each other. And it's really exciting to see for the men's team though. Um, you know, BYU has been in the, you know, top couple of teams in the country for much of the last three years and in the top 10, 15 for the last like five to six years. And so um, while the, the other schools and other areas are producing really good talent, BYU is definitely at the center of that just because the level of players and athletes and, and the, the record and success they've had at the college level. And so it was, it was a great opportunity, um, and it was an opportunity born out of necessity. You know, currently at the collegiate circuit, at, at the collegiate level, uh, it requires uh, Saturday-Sunday play to advance through the postseason and to nationals. And obviously you can imagine the complications that that presents for a BYU team. And so even though we're ranked, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, three, top five in the country, we've always had to bow out at the second round or the second day of playoffs because we can't get a schedule accommodation. And so uh, that really forced us as a leadership mm-hmm. and as a community to focus on maybe a different league and and at the pro level that gave us a lot more schedule control. And so by transitioning to the AUDL, which is the pro league uh, in the country, we are able to maintain a lot more control of the schedule. And that has allowed us this first year, we have zero games that will be on a Sunday. So we have a championship pathway for those athletes that don't want to or can't or don't feel uh, like it is uh, appropriate for them to play on Sunday. So that's a really cool thing. Obviously, it won't be just a BYU team. In fact, it'll like the minority of players will be, you know, current BYU students, 
but it does create that pipeline and that uh, long-term vision that will give them a chance to compete all the way to a championship level that hasn't been possible for the BYU athletes before. So we'll continue to have a strong college program. We'll continue to have a lot of resources go into the collegiate, the high school development level. But now by adding this team, uh, we are able to add, you know, the final step of be able to play for a championship or play towards a championship in the near future. Incredible. That's so cool. It sounds like you've done so much for the sport here in Utah. And I feel like with all of that being put into it and even the youth programs, not a lot of people know that ultimate Frisbee is even available. I definitely didn't. For those who haven't really come to watch a game, why would you say people should come and watch this sport? Well, my first sales pitch would be to come play the sport. Uh, there are so many recreation mm-hmm. leagues, you know, things like intramurals. There are youth leagues that are recreational. There are youth leagues that are through the high school state sponsored association, Utah Ultimate Disc Association. There are uh, city leagues. Uh, part of our professional league uh, organization is the Ultimate Play organization, which runs recreation adult level uh, leagues and tournaments and one offs. So part of it is come come and play first because it's such a fun community. It's an accessible sport. It's non-contact. It's inexpensive to get started. So start there, come, come run around on the grass with some of your friends and have a great time. Uh, but, but then once you've seen it or once you've you know been introduced to it, you have to come watch the, the league uh, and watch these athletes at the top of the game uh, play and perform. It is a very unique skill set. And like I said, the game is exciting. We're going to be in the beautiful Zion Bank Stadium in Harriman. Uh, it's where the Utah Warriors rugby play. It's where the Mon- Monarchs play. Uh, it's where uh, the Royals used to play for the NWSL. It's a beautiful state-of-the-art stadium. The games are going to be on Friday nights, uh, all spring and summer. And so it's a great vibe. It's a wonderful way to sort of celebrate Utah uh, summers and those evening days. And then you get to see the sport. So, you know, we have, we're in the West division and you're going to get to see us go up against, you know, the traditional powerhouses in ultimate like uh, Seattle and the Bay area. There's two new expansion teams that joined the league with us in Portland and Colorado. And then we have uh, two teams out of San Diego and LA. And so each of them will come and play a home game here. You'll get to watch again, top level athletes perform. And uh, we also really like our chances. We have a great young team that we're building around. We're very athletic team. And so we also think that we can, uh, we can, we can win some games too. So you'll get to see, you know, four quarters of play. You're going to see a lot of goal scoring in that, you know, hour and a half. And so it's, it, again, it's just a really fun, it's a fast paced game. It's high scoring and it just lends itself to so many highlight plays. It's a, it's a really fun way to spend a Friday night. Well, you convinced me and the season starts, I believe at the very end of April, I'm talking to Bryce Merrill, who's the head coach for BYU men's ultimate Frisbee and the Salt Lake shred. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming on with me, Bryce. Hey, great to chat, and we uh, we hope to see you out at the fields. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Bryce Merrill and David Phillips Jr. for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time, or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate. Yeah!